Welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode, where we look at the latest comics and other media featuring the Transformers. In this episode, we strap in for a ride as the action ramps up in Skybound's Transformers number 3. Today is Friday, December 8th, 2023, and this is episode 367 of Transmissions Alt Mode. Welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode. The podcast that would give its right arm for more awesome Transformers comics. I'm your host, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team. Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. Hey, how's it going? Char, a.k.a. Robo Apollo. Hi, everyone. And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. How's it going, everybody? Let's talk Transformers. As always, we start the show by thanking our Donatrions, those lovely people who support us on Patreon and PayPal. Thank you all so much for continuing to help us out and keep the show going. We really appreciate it. As a part of being a Donatrion, you get some perks that include some bonus content, including our bonus show called We Like Big Bots. And you can check out all episodes of that on our Patreon page Starring Daryl and Dr. Pants. So, uh, got 10 episodes of those right now. More on the way at some point in the future. We'll see. Send all your complaints to Daryl at transmissionspodcast.com. Uh, we've also got our Transformers live play RPG podcast, Empire of Rust. Seasons one and two are complete and available at transmissionspodcast.com slash rust. Uh, we've also got bonus versions of each episode uh, that are longer and uncut with all the outtakes left in. That's available to all our Donatrions on our Patreon page. And right now we've got our mini side story going on after the conclusion of season two of Empire of Rust. We've got the Rustward Files, which has been going on for the last few weeks. Uh, and we'll continue until we uh, start season three. So Rustered Files episode six came out just this week, the Junkion Chronicles. And uh, you can also get that at the Empire of Rust podcast feed, transmissionspodcast.com slash rust. You can also still pick up our exclusive Skybound Transformers number one comic with our cover art by EJ Sue. That's available at transmissionspodcast.com slash comic. And uh, you can get it right there. We will ship it right to you. And, of course, you can still use our Toy Hacks promo code to save money for all your orders at ToyHacks.com. Use our code SANTAPRIME. And uh, throughout the month of December, you will get 15% off all your orders at ToyHacks.com using that code. All right, uh, we're here for the review of Transformers number three. We're going to start off. We got just a little bit of comics news, so we'll start off with that. All right, I did want to mention uh, Daniel Warren Johnson has a YouTube channel, and he does a lot of live streams uh, where he shows off, you know, work what he's working on. He does a weekly show, uh, Friday with D Dubs, uh, where he just uh, you know hangs out with his fans and does some artwork, shows what he's working on. Uh, but he's also been doing a live stream where he does a director's commentary on every issue of Transformers. So he's already done it with issue one and issue two. Issue two, just uh, the director's commentary just came out last week. Uh, and you can check that out. I thought it was really interesting. I watched the whole thing. 
And a couple of tidbits, uh, and you know, just beyond just the all the director's commentary, where he, you know he specifically talked about uh, putting in that that little detail of Laserbeak spotting uh, the image of Optimus Prime on Carly's uh, van, just so he'd have a reason to have Laserbeak there and attacking her at the end of the you know at the end of the um, uh, you know at the end of the issue, or at the beginning <laughs> beginning of the next issue, I should say. Um, but uh, that, I thought that was really interesting. He also said that he is currently drawing issue five and writing issue seven. So he is continuing on the book past issue six. Much as we suspected. Um, yes. Uh, but what he also said at the end of the, of the, uh, the video, he said he would be done art wise on the book after issue six. So, yeah, I mean, we talked about how it's a it's a punishing schedule for an artist to be both writing and and doing art for a monthly comic, uh, and mm-hmm. you know, keep to keep up with that would be very difficult. So it seems like he is passing the torch on the art duties after issue six, but he will be continuing to write the comic. So I feel like that mm-hmm. that's for the best. I mean, set the tone with those first six issues, and then. Mm-hmm the other artist will have, will know what they have to kind of not really emulate, but that same um, tone will continue through. The the bar is high. Yeah. But the story, I think, you know, especially with the issue we're about to talk about, the story is really um, getting interesting and exciting. So I'm I'm happy to see that he's going to continue on writing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, so check out uh, his his YouTube channel, and you can get all his videos there. And uh, you know, check out the. I'm sure there will be a director's commentary for issue three in a few weeks. Maybe uh, I mean I don't. The holidays coming up, so I don't know if he'll get that out before the holidays, but probably you know, maybe over the Christmas break or something. We'll see. Uh, next little bit of uh, just a, another tidbit. I just wanted to mention, like Skybound, you guys need to calm down over there. You put out a preview pages for issue four before issue three came out. <laughs> That's <laughs> you're jumping the gun just a little bit. Um, so as we record this uh, issue three still has not come out yet. It comes out this week. As, as you see this, it's already out. You've already, hopefully you've already read it before you're watching this video, but uh, we, you know, we are already seeing on Skybound's website, the preview pages for issue four, which spoils the end of issue three. <laughs> So it's kind of weird that they put that out before anyone could see issue three, unless you you have review copies well, like we were fortunate enough to have. And then we have um, the cover that Char and I have both seen for issue five that they put out as a huge spoiler. And I'm not going to get into any further than that. It, it's just it, they need to, at the very least, label these things as spoilers so people can avoid it if they want to. Yeah. Yeah, it's really but, uh, frustrating seeing something that you don't want to be spoiled on. So, yeah, and I, you know, I I count myself as lucky that since we since we had the opportunity to review these comics and get the review copies ahead of time, I had read the issue before seeing that those preview pages. So I, you know, I was I was lucky to to be able to avoid that. But but if you're just you know John Q. Public uh, waiting for your next Transformers issue. Uh, I think that the temptation is pretty high <laughs> to look at those preview pages, even though you haven't read issue three yet. So, 
But uh, I mean, I hope this means that that it's still exciting and people are still really buzzed for this comic and and you're really interested. So uh, it looks like the comics is continuing to do well, and I think this issue will will not be an exception there. I mean, we're, and we're going to get into it and talk about uh, what's going on here. So with that, uh, let's transition over to our spoiler review. <laughs> All right, so we are going to talk about Transformers issue number three. As I said, this will be full spoilers, so we're gonna we're gonna summarize the entire issue and talk about all the details. So if you haven't read it yet, go pick up your copy at your local comic shop and you know read it and come back. Uh, but this is your warning. So right now, Unlike we're jumping Skybound, in. We we warn you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so Transformers number three, writer and artist Daniel Warren Johnson, colorist Mike Spicer, letterer Russ Wooten, editors Sean Makowitz and Jonathan Manning, publication design Andres Juarez. So that is your production team. Let's talk about this issue. We start off where we left. We start where we left off from issue number two. Carly collapses in shock and grief at Spike's dad, Sparky, telling her that her father is dead. She immediately wants to know exactly what happened. Sparky tells her the unbelievable truth. He was crushed by a giant robot. Carly immediately asks what the robot looked like. Did it turn into a plane? This surprises Sparky, and he asks Carly what she's seen and where is Spike. Before Carly can answer, Laserbeak crashes through the wall into the house and attacks. Sparky tries to shoot Laserbeak, but his bullets are no match for the metal bird. Laserbeak's beak grabs Sparky by the shoulder and flings him across the room. Now the Decepticon has Carly cornered. But help is at hand. Cliffjumper followed Carly home to make sure she was all right. And now he jumps in at the nick of time. He wrestles Laserbeak away from Carly and kicks the bird in the head. Cliffjumper tries to check on Carly after she was attacked, but unfortunately, Sparky sees just another robot threat. He's in shoot first and ask questions later mode and fires a shotgun right at Cliffjumper's head. Cliffjumper is more annoyed than hurt, but Sparky just takes this moment to escape. Carly tries to explain that Cliffjumper isn't an enemy, but Sparky isn't listening. He pulls her into the cop car he escaped from the power plant in, and they drive away. Back at the Ark, Starscream is in a rage that Teletran 1 isn't fixed yet so they can revive more Decepticons. Soundwave explains that they have enough Energon now, but Earth lacks the raw materials they need to repair the Cybertronian technology. Starscream continues to complain, and Soundwave tells him they might be able to find sufficient materials if they explore the planet further. Soundwave is exasperated with Starscream's leadership and mentions Megatron under his breath. That sets Starscream off again, and he backhands Soundwave across the face, reminding him to never say his name. They're interrupted by an alarm beeping. Soundwave has received a message from Laserbeak. They found an Autobot. Starscream angrily orders Skywarp, who is relaxing and enjoying an Energon smoothie, to follow up on the alert and deal with the Autobot sighting. Back in town, Sparky and Carly go to the local VFW and bar. Sparky mentions that all communications seem to be down in town, so the robots must be using some kind of jamming technology. They need reinforcements in the form of all his gun-toting war veteran buddies. They've all gathered in the bar because they've heard about the attack. 
Carly tries to tell Sparky that some of the robots are good, but Sparky isn't buying it, especially after having seen one kill her father and his best friend. At this moment, Cliffjumper reappears. He followed them to the bar after he took care of Laserbeak. Cliffjumper tries to explain that he's on their side, but Sparky immediately opens fire with a machine gun, blasting Cliffjumper back out of the bar doorway. Carly begs Sparky to stop shooting him, but Sparky isn't listening. Unfortunately, Skywarp has found the Autobot and the humans, and he's ready to play. Skywarp thanks Sparky for making his job easier and knocks the injured Cliffjumper to the ground. Thinking Skywarp is working with Cliffjumper, Sparky and his friends come out of the bar and open fire on the much bigger and stronger Decepticon. But it's useless. Skywarp takes great pleasure in knocking the humans back with a giant kick. Just then, Optimus Prime and Spike have gotten closer to town and they see the havoc Skywarp is wreaking. Optimus increases his speed to intercept and hopefully stop the Decepticon. In town, Skywarp continues doing a lot of damage. The humans' weapons don't even slow him down. Cliffjumper is stunned on the ground, struggling to recover. Skywarp prepares to deliver the killing blow. Carly jumps in front of Cliffjumper and begs Skywarp not to hurt him. Skywarp thinks this is hilarious as he raises his arm cannon to incinerate her. And at that moment, Optimus Prime launches himself in truck mode at Skywarp, knocking him into the ground. Prime transforms to robot mode and tells Spike to get to cover while he deals with Skywarp. Prime charges at Skywarp head-on, and Skywarp, enraged, meets him shot for shot. Skywarp uses his teleportation power to grab Prime's head from behind and throw him off balance to the ground. Skywarp then delivers a kick to Prime's head as he struggles to recover. But Prime executes a reversal and manages to lift Skywarp above his head and slam him to the ground. Then Prime activates his Energon Axe to end Skywarp's threat. And just then, the humans decide to attack the wrong bot! Sparky says, now, and one of his friends who has readied a rocket launcher fires a missile directly at Prime's right arm, deactivating his Energon Axe and giving Skywarp the upper hand. Prime's injury might have been recoverable if Skywarp hadn't taken the opportunity to fire a point-blank shot right at Prime's elbow, nearly severing the arm in two. Skywarp can't believe his luck that the humans aren't just weak, they're stupid too. I agree. At this point, Skywarp is pouring on the firepower as Prime struggles to recover. Spike runs to try and help his fallen friend, while Sparky and the other vets add their firepower to the attack. Sparky says to open fire on both of the bots, but it sure looks like Optimus takes the brunt of the attack, which only helps Skywarp further. As the humans continue to open fire, Spike gets caught in the crossfire and takes a shot to the abdomen. Prime is distraught to see his human friend fall and Sparky realizes with horror that his son is here and hurt. He quickly tells his friends to hold their fire. Skywarp thinks he's won and is ready to kill the humans and Prime, but Optimus Prime only gets stronger when you threaten his friends. Prime finds renewed resolve and rushes Skywarp, knocking him off balance and to the ground. Optimus is done with the Decepticon's bullshit. Ignoring the pain, Optimus Prime grabs his ruined right arm with his left and rips it clean off. He uses the severed limb as a club to beat Skywarp repeatedly until the Decepticon stops moving. With the Decepticon defeated, Prime turns to the motionless form of Spike on the ground. Flashing back to the image of the deer he accidentally killed that morning, Prime gently lifts Spike's body. Sparky yells at him to stop and don't touch his son. Prime looks at him sadly and transforms into his truck mode, putting Spike inside his cab. 
He opens the door and tells Sparky to come with him so they can save Spike together. To be continued. <laughs> this was, uh, yeah, this, this was, this was a high point. This was a, this was a great comic. I, I loved every moment of this issue. I thought it was, it was nonstop action. The whole issue. I mean, that was, I'm sure Daryl will love that. We'll get to Daryl in a minute. I'm sure he'll, he's got comments on the, on that, but this was, it was brutal. It was exciting. It was epic. I mean, the humans were stupid. I mean, but I can't blame them. I mean, it's, it's logical in the story. I mean, it, rem- it reminds me of the old Marvel comics where the humans couldn't tell the difference between Autobots and Decepticons. And I think that is, I mean, it, that is a, a realistic kind of portrayal of what would happen if giant robots landed in your backyard. I mean, yeah. you're not, you're not focusing on the Autobot Decepticon symbol to see who, to, you know, to, to see who is who. You don't even know who these, these guys are. So, I can appreciate that, but when they're repeatedly attacking Optimus while Skywarp is the one killing them, I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this was, this was great. I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, it was uh, a lot of little moments like the, the, the one, the one little, uh, detail in the art with the teleport. I thought mm-hmm. that was great. That was really cool. Um, the art was, the art was awesome throughout the whole issue. Uh, both the, the lines and the colors, uh, Mike Spicer's colors, I think did a great job of, of, uh, conveying the tone and everything. Uh, yeah, I, I loved every bit of this issue. Um, it, it, I'm salivating for the next issue to see what happens. Although I got that four page preview. So I know, at least I know a little bit of what happens in the next issue, in the next issue. <laughs> um, yeah, this was this was a great comic. I really enjoyed it. So, uh Apollo, I'm going to start with you. You you said you had you had thoughts and feelings. So, uh what what did you think of this comic? Oh my gosh, it's so good. Um you know, I wasn't I was enjoying the series, but this issue to me was like, "Oh, I want more." Like, um yeah. I loved as you brought up all the little details, like Skywarp drinking with a straw, like his little <laughs> smoothie, you know, I thought yeah. that was awesome because he just looked so like chill there doing it. You know, he's just like this and Starscream's like ordering him around and he's just kind of like, uh, what, you know, <laughs> like I'm just kicking <laughs> back here. Um, yep. but I loved when he was teleporting, like how, like there would be like this green, there was like a green, like teleport window and he was like punching at Optimus and mm-hmm. um, yeah, like it was just the fighting was really dynamic with um, like there's a part where he does a kick at Optimus and then like Optimus arm, it's severely damaged by the humans. So he rips his own arm off and he's beating Skywarp with his arm. And I'm like, wow, like that's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but what really got to me was um I was just like, oh, no, you humans are being stupid. But it's also like, as you said, like, you know, this is all new information to them. Mm-hmm. None of the other humans know really about the Autobots. You know, right. it's really Carly and Spike are the only ones that know that the Autobots are the good guys. Um, So it does make sense that they would attack them both. Um 
you know, I thought that was, you know, cool when Carly gets in front and like, um, Skywarp like makes this comment like, Oh, you're going to try to protect him. And then like, you know, kind of mocks her. And then that's when I think Optimus shows up and, um, that part. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I, I, I really, I just, I just, I thought that was really fun because he take, he's like, he roars back like, and the, 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 the background has all this laughter. Like he's just, Mm -hmm. he just thinks it's hilarious that this little human is trying to protect a cliff jumper. And he's like, yeah, that's really funny. Now I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It's interesting, you know, and I like seeing Skywarp have a lot of personality in this because, mm-hmm. like, you know, I know in like other things he has a personality, but it seems like he's not as much of a focus as like Starscream or even like Thundercracker. Yeah. was very focused on an IDW, you know, and had a big personality. And I know Skywarp was in there, but I don't really remember him as much. I'd have to go back and reread it. So it's it's nice to see him have like his personality um being yeah, expressed. I mean, traditionally Skywarp has not really Skywarp has been, like it's been Starscream is of course the 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 big guy. Thundercracker they give him a little bit of character. Like he's not, he's not uh, totally convinced of the Decepticon cause. That's, that's his one character beat. And then Skywarp's just a thug and, and Skywarp's Skywarp's not just a thug. He's, he's too dumb to use a teleportation tap power effectively. That's like one mm-hmm. of the, one of his key characteristics. Like if he were smarter, he'd be more dangerous, but since he's dumb, he can't use his teleportation power very Which well. Which apparently so. the, the dumb part doesn't fit him here. Cause no, he's yeah. effectively. Yeah. No. Like, so yeah, but but they're they're definitely playing up the thug part in, in this mm-hmm. comic. Like he's he's a he he really relishes just you know beating up on things that are weaker than him. So. Yeah, yeah. He even makes some sort of comment like, "Oh yeah, Starscream said this was fun," you know, <laughs> like yeah. you know, and he's here like smishing people. I'm <laughs> guessing like I'd have to go back and look, but um, the part that really got to me the most was when um spike gets shot by the humans by accident and he's laying on the ground and optimus is looking at him and then the next panel is like the deer that got smooshed by optimus and you can see optimus is like having some major ptsd (laughs) moment Mm -hmm. like because his like eyes just his facial expression which i think are great in this comic like the facial expressions are really cool um mm-hmm. that was just like i'm like oh he's having like some sort of ptsd like moment here <laughs> like you know which i mean i don't kind of like laughing about it but it was um i thought that was really powerful um what yeah. daniel warren johnson did there with that so kudos to you uh dwj so <laughs> Yeah, totally. I totally agree. I mean, that's the, those little moments of emotion were, I mean, and, and also at the beginning when you have Carly, like, you know, just distraught over the, the death of her father. I mean, all these little bits of emotion sprinkled in there. And then, you know, on top of the, just all the raw action throughout the, the comic, I think it was, it was the perfect mix of, of all those elements there. The one final thing I want to say is, and I'm sure you all have thought of this. So in original G1, there's that episode where Spike is put into an Autobot. They like put a body together for him. 
And mm-hmm. it looks like he took major damage and Optimus is like, oh, I'm going to save your son. And I'm like, are they going to put Spike into that Autobot body? I forget the name of the character. Um, Autobot Spike. Yeah, Autobot Spike. Yeah. So like, I don't know, like we can speculate about that later, but I was like, oh my gosh, I got to like tell the guys. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, I, so. I did not think of that. So that that's uh, great. That's a, that's a great, you. You know, that, that, now that you say that, that makes perfect sense. Because yeah, because yeah, Optimus Prime, does Optimus Prime know about the hospital, like the local hospital? Where is he going? Yeah, so. yeah it's like, where is he going? <laughs> going so. to Ratchet who will yeah. do magic. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll stop now so everyone can get a chance to talk. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, Jeremy, I'm going to, I'm going to move it over to you. What were your thoughts? Uh, I, I really enjoyed this book and just from start to finish. And it was just fantastic. The art was great. The, um, the action I th- thought really made sense and it's, it's clear kind of setting up the G.I. Joe aspect of the universe that these normal uh, normal guns aren't really going to be effective at all against the Transformers. And, you know, regardless of how many times they shot, the only thing that did anything was the rocket launcher. So I, I think um, that's going to play into, you know, whatever the Duke book has. Um, but this was just... Um, a lot of fun. I think the human death count in these three issues has already probably superseded most other Transformers fiction. <laughs> just, I mean, it's crazy. Like you see, um, you see Skywarp just like kicking the humans. I'm like, there's no one surviving yeah. that. Um, <laughs> but I, I think the last issue with the deer and then this issue just kind of cement that Daniel Warren Johnson fully gets Optimus Prime and yeah. like the characterization has been completely on point and just like when he rips his arm off and he can just he has no more fucks to give and he just like <laughs> wails on Sky Warp. It, that was just yeah. was very satisfying. Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, I'm excited that Daniel Warren Johnson is staying on the book past issue six in the writing capacity. Cause uh, I think he, he's got some really interesting takes here on that, that makes sense in, in transformers. Yeah. And then just things like, like you were saying with the humans, yeah, they're being dumb, but they don't even know what the symbols on, you know, the Autobots and Decepticons mean and stuff. They just see giant robots and they're all bad. Yep. So I just I, I think um, everything is written very intelligently, and I'm just I'm happy with where it is in issue three. I'm excited to see where it goes, and we can hope that when we get to issue six, it won't be a letdown like Boy Rivals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't read that issue yet. I just grabbed it from oh. my comic book store. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler. <laughs> okay, spoiler: We didn't like it. <laughs> okay. But anyway, yeah, this book has been a whole lot of fun. Art was great. Colors were great. It, I I appreciate the use of wrestling moves in the action. I think it, it kind of, it, yeah. it plays really well on the comic page. And yeah. Yeah. One, one uh, in addition to the, um, 
like they're ripping his arm off. The the other moment that got me was the when they do the double page spread of him slamming into oh, yeah. Skywarp. Like, get away from them. And, I, and I, immediately I thought of uh, aliens, like, get away from her, you bitch. And you know, I was like, <laughs> yeah, see, but, I, I was thinking of the 86 movie when he hit. Yeah. Uh, was it still Skywarp or was it Thundercracker? I think it was Thrust that he yeah. and, Thrust. Not, he oh, slammed right. into in the yeah. 86 movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the cone heads. Yeah. Yeah. This was good. All right, Daryl. I'm, I'm prepared to hear you. Tell me we're all wrong and that you hated it. <laughs> yeah, Go ahead. just sitting there smiling. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I don't know what what more I can add. It's uh, the, the book was fantastic action from the get go. Um, the art was phenomenal. Once again, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the uh, style that uh, uh, Daniel Warren J- Johnson has for this book, uh, especially for the action scenes, um is uh, is is well used um the the slow more you know poignant story beats um you know it uh, it definitely leans towards more being a, a rougher style but uh the action it works it works real well so uh so yeah i'm 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 really enjoying that um the uh the part that i was going to comment on cuz i really i've loved Everything that's been done so far. The one part I was going to comment on is more of a, uh, maybe like a, a, a uh, like a comment on uh, the situation and you know in your society uh, is that you know there's just groups of people with incredible uh, arsenals at their fingertips. <laughs> well, um, that, that, that's how that's how you know it's set in the United States. Yeah, yeah but right. I think it was also set in the eighties. Yeah. Right. Um, so even more so. Right. So these are all these are all veterans of a of an unspecified war. So they've all they've all got you know they've they've got more firepower than than most Americans, which is right. already considerable. <laughs> they're all a little PTSD'd, and they're all you know they're all ready to 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 you know hit back at whatever's you know hitting Fight them for freedom right? wherever there's trouble. <laughs> they're ready right. for the zombies. It's, uh, you know, it's a little, um, hard to relate to for, for someone like me with, uh, you know, where there isn't just gatherings of gun toting idiots, uh, you know, everywhere. Um, it's, you know, and I'm not saying that, that there's, you know, gatherings of gun toting idiots in the U S but there are, (laughs) (laughs) um, so it's, uh, yeah, so uh, the way I see that is that it seems like this group of mercenaries, what I mean, they're just old guys just trying to relive veterans. their past that they're all, yeah, they're, you know, they are veterans. You know, veterans, they're, you know, sure, they're old guys that still have a hankering for shooting shit up, right? And it's like they were waiting for something like this to happen, right? It's not like you know you call in the military because to them they are the military they're ready to fucking go right oh and you know call out to jeremy for the very rare f-bomb uh you know well done (laughs) i I get one a year i saved it to december (laughs) you're reset in a couple weeks yeah Um, yeah i I, I pick and choose so it's more impactful right um so 
Yeah, it's it's interesting that these guys their their first inclination isn't to 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 try and get military backup because they well, feel that they can do it. Right? No, they they did try. They they mm-hmm. said all the communications were jammed out of town, and yeah, even yeah, actually ra- even radio. Internet. Yeah, and right. they mentioned that's true. He mentioned the internet, so this is this is apparently not necessarily in the eighties because there is an internet at oh. least. That's maybe it's in, the nineties. Um, yeah. So, but he, but they said like internet, radio, all communications are cut, and they said we're cut off. That's why we have to do it. So. Presumably they would they would have called in the military if they could, but they probably still would have got their guns anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. some, someone's got to do something before the military gets there. Right. And these private citizens have rocket launchers. <laughs> yes. Right. So <laughs> next time you're in the US, let's go to an army school. <laughs> You'll understand that. I'm not surprised. Army. I spent a, a week in Vegas and people seemingly could buy tanks uh so i'm not surprised um but again uh, it seems crazy you guys live in a fantasy world that is um scary to the rest of the world <laughs> so been in a, a walmart here right Many, look, yes. Mid, yeah. Look closer next time and you'll see go to you the, can buy guns. Go to the sporting goods section. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh if there isn't hockey sticks there, I don't want to be there. Um <clears throat> but not that kind it, of sports. <laughs> I I I I really enjoyed this book. It was great. Um the uh you know I, I'm really interested to see where where this this is taking the uh, you know where they're taking this uh, this story, um, you know I, I you know I just I liked everything about it really you know the uh, I don't think that this group of you know veterans is gonna stay in the story much longer. I believe they're done for you know they're they're moving past the the, Most the of you know dead. spark spark plug is probably the only one that's uh you know probably going to continue on um and uh you know his group of friends is probably done with the uh the two page spreads were like you guys said were fantastic um and uh yeah i'm uh, i'm interested to see uh what issue 4 holds but uh th- you know the um yeah the military might of the average citizen that's what i took from this <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, so uh, that is our review of Transformers number three. Uh, write in, let us know what you thought. Uh, did this issue uh, get you as much as it got us, or or did you not like it? If you didn't like it, feel free to let us know what what the problems you had with it. What um you know what you didn't like about it. Um, Do you own a rocket launcher? <laughs> <laughs> write in. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do think. I mean, I, at least I hope that this uh, this issue will cement the importance of the scene from issue two, where Optimus uh, stepped on the deer. Like I, I saw. I mean, there was a little bit of like some people were upset about that scene and and make you know that what how that impacted the story and Prime's character. But I think it, it you know, here it's clear that that was a 
that detail was a nice ju- juxtaposition to what happens at the end of this of this issue. So there was some up, it was, people upset online about the, that issue. Yeah, that, I, I that think. I did, yeah, like people thought, you know, it that it that having Prime step on a deer was turning making him cruel or something. I I I, I didn't I didn't look too deep deep into what the the I mean, it was just kind of like you know, prime would be more careful or he, you know, the fact that he could do it. I mean, you want to dive into that? Like, like, has anybody even come close to a deer? If you're not actively hunting one, (laughs) let alone a 60 foot tall, you know, robot, you know, yeah, that, that stomping through the forest. Yeah. That's, that's, that's more unbelievable that yeah that a deer would stand still long enough for Prime to step on it. But, right. But just just the fact that that he did and that it you know it showed how his uh, but but it did you know but it showed his compassion and and how he he understands how like his actions on Earth have consequences and right. how he needs it shows to. the fragility of the life on Earth. Yeah. Exactly. Right, and that's the entire point. He could have stepped yeah. on a baby. A baby wouldn't have moved. Would that have been better? Uh, I'm gonna go with no. I think that would not no. be better. I think I think you'd have more people upset about that. Yeah. So let's calm the hell down, Internet. It's fiction. It didn't happen. The fake baby deer. Yeah. I think also this does kind of. Um, juxtapose whereas Optimus can just rip off his arm and use it to bludgeon uh, Skywarp. You know, Mm -hmm. it's obviously not something humans can do. Yeah. Well, if if you're on PCP, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but they do feel things, though. Yeah. um, I think Skywarp says, like, the bullets tickle him. Yeah. Like oh that tickles like it's just yeah. like <laughs> so no and and you see like Prime is definitely I mean that that was not that was not fun for him to rip his arm off that was pretty painful no. he was clearly <laughs> he was clearly not enjoying that mm-hmm. so yeah all right well uh, yeah that's our review let us know what you thought send your feedback to feedback at transmissionspodcast dot com. And speaking of feedback, we're going to jump into a little bit of feedback. All right. Uh, so we do have one comment from last week's uh, Transmissions Altmo where we reviewed Void Rivals number six. Uh, that was in episode 366. Uh, so this is from The Rev Nation. And they say, coming soon, Transmissions reviews G.I. Joe comics. Weird. With the upcoming Joe titles entering the Energon universe, are any of you fans of G.I. Joe? So, uh, I'm going to say Daryl's a no on that one, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I will say I am a, I'm definitely a, uh, you know, casual G.I. Joe fan in the sense that I watched the show back in the eighties, read a few of the comics, uh, I have not kept up with it at all since, uh, since the eighties, but you know, I have fond memories of G.I. Joe. Uh, particularly the uh, the GI Joe movie and the the awesome uh, intro theme song, that's a, that's a high point for uh, for GI Joe for me. Um, 
so I, you know, so I am definitely looking forward to at least checking out the Duke and Cobra Commander series because, uh, you know, of course we had the Duke teaser in issue two of Transformers. So, you know, I'm looking to see where that goes. There's a um, um, Cobra Commander teaser in Void Rivals last week. Yeah, true. So, um, you can, yeah, you can check those out. Um, I know you guys had a discussion about whether we were going to review this uh, a couple weeks ago when I wasn't on. Um, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna lobby for at least reviewing the first issue of both Duke and Cobra Commander. Um, so you know we see we see where those go. I mean, I'm not gonna say we we're gonna keep up with all the series, but uh, I do think uh, I am curious about them and at least check out the first issues and see how that goes. So I feel like we should. Yeah, I mean. For my part, I I am also a casual fan, mostly from the TV show and the animated movie. But having it planned from the start as a cohesive universe rather than trying to shoehorn existing fiction into a timeline where it doesn't actually really work well like they did in IDW, I think this story-wise, this will be a lot more cohesive. Uh, mm mm-hmm. Joshua Williamson is an amazing writer. Uh, I really love a lot of his work. So I'm, I'm optimistic about the, the G.I. Joe books. And considering that, I mean, Duke and Cobra Commander are both miniseries. I think we should do it. I'm not a fan. It's, it's not going <laughs> to be a Tom book. Daryl. <laughs> I'm hoping the art is better. The uh, the majority of stuff GI Joe that I own is comics, um, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not buying them. So there's that. <laughs> well, we Unless there's a, a really a really cool Transformers cover that I, I want to get. So Starstream's yeah. on Duke Number One's cover. I know. I, I have yeah, to get and the arcs that. on the other one. So yeah, but I have to get the yeah. Duke. You just remind me. I have to talk to my comic book store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I know that I'm not like I'm on the B team, I guess, for this show. But like B plus team, I'm, B plus yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, I'm a B plus. Maybe I'm an A minus now. Because <laughs> I've been on quite a bit. Maybe. Um, but I am very casual GI Joe fan. I watched it occasionally, like as reruns. I watched some now that are not politically correct videos on the internet that like pork chop sandwiches thing. You know, you probably remember those videos. They were. Well, they're famous. Yeah early internet days um but um no i'm gonna be following it like and um i'll probably get them at my comic book store um because i need to at least get that one with the star screen because i do agree with um you know charles and jeremy what you said that like it's a planned cohesive universe early on so there's going to be overlap and hopefully there's you know the transformers can stand separately without people having to buy all these separate issues, kind of like with Void Rivals, I mean, like that's you what probably said. don't need a, to get Void Rivals to mm-hmm. follow the right. Transformer stuff. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I, I'm. That's what they've said, but I'm looking at it as we need more content in the show. Yes. <laughs> Although we also need to finish up Earth's part. Yeah. Oh, you haven't finished yet. No. 
<laughs> that, that's the face of someone that doesn't want to spoil yeah. things, but wants to spoil things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't say anything. Zip. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah. So thank you, uh, thank you, the Rev Nation, for sending that feedback. And yeah, so at least look forward to reviews of Duke Number One and Cobra Commander One. So we'll. we'll I'm I'm committing to that right now on the podcast, and then we'll we'll see where it goes from there. Um, oh, you know, one thing before we before we end the show, I did want to mention one thing that I thought was interesting in the in Transformers number three is that apparently, um, Laserbeak is non-binary. At least <laughs> Soundwave says when Soundwave says uh, he got an alert from Laserbeak, he says they discovered an Autobot. So. That's an interesting cool. little detail. Yeah. Whatever, so. man. Hey. It's a bird. It's a bird. <laughs> it's a bird. It's a bird. Birds, you know, you know, trans- transformers are kind of, you know, gender's not really important for transformers anyway, but, you know, it's just a, just an interesting little detail that uh, stood out to me. So. It's just a bird. That's cool. Well, Nightshade's a bird too, and they are a bird. They use they them. But Nightshade is also humanoid. Has, that's true. Has a humanoid form, yeah. That's yeah. true. But they're an owl. So, well, can a cassette tape have a gender? I... <laughs> we're d- we're doing a oh. deep dive now on Transformers. <laughs> yeah, they have a gender discussion. <laughs> All right, that's I, I think that, that that I just wanted to mention that, and we can you know we can move on. But I'm I, maybe uh, if I go into that uh, Friday with D Dub's chat, I'll just ask him about that if that was intentional or that just a, a throwaway. <laughs> do, it. do it, yeah, yeah and do see it. what the rest of the chat does. Do yeah, I want to see what the rest of the chat does to you. It's a YouTube chat. It'll well, be fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> No worries. You're yeah. Daryl. It sounds like you're very skeptical. skeptical. <laughs> I'm not skeptical at all. I know exactly what will happen. Yeah, it's the, I, I know. What, I, I mean, I, I, I've been. I've, I've heard of the internet. I, I know. Yeah. I know what things are going on here. I don't think you do. <laughs> I think you need to check the chat out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Oh. uh there's more feedback. I didn't catch this. <laughs> so what? we have thrown that in. Sorry. We have uh, we have some feedback from Sledge uh, from the Discord, and uh, Sledge says, "Catching up on my feedback. Apologies in advance. Regarding animation, the thing to remember is that shows are not sold to children. They are sold to adults. The executives like to pretend they know what kids like, but in the end, the gambit is to sell to the executives, or your item doesn't get made." And uh, I think this was this was res- like in response to us talking about um, from last week the uh, the legacy show not getting greenlit yeah. at Netflix. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so that's a that's an interesting comment. So yeah, thanks Sledge for uh, for writing in on that. Uh, Sledge also says regarding uh, T Public needing underwear, I would probably have to buy some just in case I get another visit from Cybertronian Beast. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. What kind of business? I have that effect on people. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> Sledge <laughs> human life. <laughs> Sledge caught. Sledge caught his pants on part of my rental car. What? And tore them right open. And I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice until we were like halfway through the freaking day. And I said, dude, what's up? What happened to your pants? He's like, oh, I tore them on your car. I'm like, what? Why didn't you tell me? So he just kept, we just walked around the rest of the time with down the, you know, down the street, street with his leg hanging out of the torn pants. Was, he was fine with it. I mean, I didn't have to go uh, back to Edmonton, but he lived there. So. <laughs> this was a detail of the story we did not get before. Yeah. Well, I didn't, it wasn't my place to mention it. So. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, well, Sledge, you're a good sport. Yeah. Hey, he's great. Yeah. No, great job. This yeah. Another reason you're, to join our Discord. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the lesson learned is you have to carry around another pair of pants hanging out with Daryl. Only if I'm coming. Only if I'm coming around. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone needs some emergency pants around Daryl. Yeah. You never know what kind of uh, you know shenanigans we'll get up to. All right. Speaking of shenanigans, I think uh, that'll do it for this episode of Transmissions Alt Mode. Uh, as always, we give a shout out to our masterpiece Donatrons. These are the folks who continue to support the podcast at our highest level on Patreon. And that's why they deserve a mention in every episode. So thank you once again to John Forex Levengood and Demon Tech 82. You guys are awesome. And Char, you're also awesome. Thanks again for hanging out with us this week on Transmissions and Transmissions Alt Mode. It was great to have you on the review for Transformers 3 and Transformers number 2. So it was great to, you know, that you were able to, to hang out with those for that. Uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you online, find your stuff, and, uh, you know, check it out. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I always enjoy my time on here. So you can find me on the site formerly known as Twitter and Instagram and Blue Sky at RoboPolo. I am posting art fairly regularly. I got caught up in the holiday whirlwind because we had thanksgiving here in america a few weeks ago um but i am working on new art and um yeah so follow me on those accounts and you'll get updates um i'm also in the transmissions discord and that's a really fun place to hang out and make friends you know it's been a great way for me to make friends and stay in touch with um a lot of people that way so i highly recommend people join that awesome yeah you can check that out at transmissionspodcast.com slash discord that's where you can get the open invitation and join our discord for free all right everyone uh we will see you next week thanks everyone for watching and listening bye 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 later Thank you for listening to this episode of Transmissions. If you'd like to join the conversation, travel to our Discord channel at transmissionspodcast.com slash Discord. Want some cool transmission swag? Feast your eyes on our transmissions gear at transmissionspodcast.com slash shop. If you'd like to support our podcast, 
Go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support or tell your friends about our show. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.